0: You're listening to The Perth Property Show, Australia's only weekly property podcast by West Australian experts for West Australian listeners. Catch your latest episode every Monday at 7am. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to The Perth Property Show. My name is Trent Fleskins, your host as always. Today, we are talking hot or not with my favorite guest, Brendan Ptolemy, Managing Director of Heron Todd White. How are you going, mate? G'day, Trent. Uh, I'm well. I'm uh, frantic in terms of looking at this market.
1: My head's spinning, but uh, yeah, let's try and break it down and go through the the hot or not of all the suburbs around Perth. Firstly, you've been getting a lot of work recently, haven't you? Yeah. Look, we're as I say, we're pretty frantic out there at the moment, um, and we're at the confluence of work coming because of construction loan grants. So we saw a lot of that pressure pre-Christmas, but there's still flowing through. Then we're seeing uh, purchase activity. So people out there buying properties and obviously getting finance, And so those finance deals or contract of sale deals flow through to us from the banks. And the other thing we're just starting to see is the refinance work. So obviously lots of people would be very conscious of uh, interest rates dropping. I think uh, you might know better than me, current record... Rate I heard a 1.88 fixed for four years. I think now there's a 179. Yeah, there's some there random
0: tra- bank in Sydney that yeah. only funds Sydney-based properties yeah. for like 1.7 something. Yeah. We can't even access that here in Perth. But yeah. it is funny how, um, you know, So it's, it's a one-year special and they s- stuff you on the back end. But yep. it's it's amazing to even just suggest that what would have previously been a really bad term deposit rate yeah. is now a really good interest rate. <laughs> uh, it is.
1: It's phenomenal. And I suppose, you know, in, in terms of advice to listeners, certainly should be checking their mortgage rate and uh, looking to, to hit their bank up, whether it's an existing or a new bank and just say, hey, look, am I on the best rate? Yeah.
0: Well, we've had, we're pretty much at double transactions year on year where we're doing 500s last year per yep. week and now we're doing thousands per week at the moment. Mr. Heron, Mr. Todd, and Mr. White must be rolling in money, I would have thought. <laughs> uh, I don't know
1: where Kerry Heron is at the minute. He um, would be playing with his farms in Queensland somewhere. Yeah. Uh, Alan Todd's passed away, unfortunately. Yeah. Uh, and Glenn White has
0: just sold his shares down in Acumenta, so i um, not sure what he's up to at the moment. But <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, the point being that with all that volume, uh, there's just a lot of work going around, a lot of yeah. real estate agents making a lot of money selling and uh, moving property lot of settlement agents getting a lot of work, a lot of mortgage brokers, and also the value is just uh, that much volume coming in. What it means is just generally in the property industry, it's just a lot of buzz and uh, and another industry where there's probably going to be some more disposable income and people that work in property also like to invest in property as well. So hopefully some more investors coming into the market. Yeah, it's really interesting. Our workforce is up by 20% since July last year. Does that mean that they were slacking off the year before or that you're stretching them too much now? Because you going only put 20% with a 50% increase.
1: No, so our volume hasn't increased by 50%, but um, probably just want to do a shout out to to the government in terms of the, the grants. Uh, that's direct stimulus has ended up in jobs in our business so that's 20 people that have got a, a job now that wouldn't have had a job obviously in in the last year or two um, right some of those are graduates as well so they've, they've got a job for probably in their career as long as they want it yeah fantastic Shouldn't tell them that because they'll come and ask for a pay rise or something but, um, <laughs> yeah so it's, it's a fantastic story and it's probably something that obviously in the in the election cycle might not be on the front page of the paper but um the grants have had
0: the effect in terms of creating those jobs out yeah there. jobs yeah. people don't think about everyone thinks about the tradies but they're also yep. a lot of professionals getting work. Yep. Hot or not. We've never done this before, but yeah, it's a cool idea that, that you had. <laughs> Instead of just giving a general update and which would be really quick this time of just saying, yeah, things are good Cheers. Yeah. Uh, let's be a bit more specific and go around the table. And what you've actually gone around the table with your team of valuers, haven't you?
1: Yeah, so we've got uh, over 35 valuers in our business. Uh, they're all over the state every day of the week. Last Monday, we had four people flying out of the airport. We were going to places like Esperance, Geraldton, Carnarvon, and Newman for the day to go and do our work. But in Perth Metro, we've got valuers in suburbs all over Perth every single day. We've got our finger on the pulse. Uh, we are upfront, concerned about the activity out there in terms of it being uh, a little bit too overheated, but we don't run the market. We don't call the market. We just analyze the market. So, Does
0: your job get easier or harder right now? I right assume now, that your insurance policy might get a bit cheaper. <laughs> Our insurance is extremely expensive. but um, uh, So,
1: it gets harder in this market right at this point in time because we're in a part of the cycle where it's moving so quickly that we have to get the sales evidence as quickly as we can. We have to analyze that and make sure we have the most recent settled sales evidence. We also have to be talking to agents to understand what the market's doing, as in, did that sale last weekend get another 10, 20, 30 grand or 5 or 10% above so what we saw the before? So stuff that hasn't even settled, you're exactly. allowed to use that stuff. Yeah, so we can consider those under offer sales in our, in our valuations. And- the pressure that we're under all the time is to get that value right, yeah. and we can't just be conservative and turn around and say, hey, we, we think it's worth X dollars. We need to follow
0: the market because that's what the definition of market value says. So, your guys have to work harder now because they actually have to take initiative to go out and talk to agents where stuff isn't just sitting on Landgate or RP data. It might be in the middle, and live right now, getting settled at the moment. Yeah. Are you seeing situations where you're having to say, "Look, this is too heated. We can't support this bank. I'm sorry," or you're trying to support what is most, you know, obvious to most people in the market—a structural shift in
1: prices. Yeah, so we'll support that structural shift when we see the definitive evidence. Uh, so we want to see, you know, one sale. We also want to see another sale. We also want to understand what's happened in the transaction. So, were there was there one one-off buyer buying something for X dollars? Or were there three, which is often the story. You, you'll you see those stories at the moment. There's three offers and they're all around about X dollars. And so it's sold for that. And we took the best best structured offer for, for the vendor. Um, so what we are seeing also every single day are contracts being knocked back. And that's how we talk about it. So we can't get it up to the value that the contract says. Mm. And that's essentially sales evidence uh, that we're using to say and the, the under-offer sales and the location. And we're going back to the bank and saying... This place might have an offer on it for $700,000, but we can't support that. We've valued it at six hundred.
0: So do you have any examples of where those are right now, where it's sort of not just hot, but just red hot, chilly hot, too hot?
1: Yeah. Uh, well, it's just individual uh, transactions in lots of suburbs. Most recently, I saw one in North Fremantle which was interesting. That's an area that you would have thought you could support given that it is you know quite a blue chip suburb. Yeah, and so it's probably interesting just to have a look at that scenario. So the product wasn't your average type product in there. It was trying to be sold for a number that was the next level up. So we're talking about an oldish apartment type product that was being sold at a townhouse type product value. And so essentially it's the case of the market getting ahead of itself and potentially the purchaser not educating themselves about the difference between the subject property and some of the other properties that are transacted in the area. What yeah. you're
0: saying is there's a bit of a risk to be the first mover as a buyer to try and lock down that house. Even if you're fully loaded, yep. money's not a problem for you. Yeah, yeah. You still need the support of Brendan's team or, you know, any of the valuers <laughs> well, in Perth to end up with yeah. the valuation. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And if you want a loan. Yeah, exactly. So if and- you are buying cash, well then do what you want. Yeah.
1: Spot on. And so uh, I suppose a lesson there for, for listeners would be to make sure they've got their finance and the parameters of their finance lined up before they start getting a little bit out of control on offers. And whilst that sounds really logical, what's happening out there is people are getting out of control on offers because there's a competitive process and we're in, in fomo land where they have they really got a massive fear of missing out on the next place that they go to go to buy.
0: I think we should probably split it up into three sections, not just what's hot or what's not, but also what's really hot. <laughs> okay. So, Brendan, what's really hot? Well, uh,
1: talking to a couple of agents in Cottesloe, they think that that's the hottest marketplace at the moment. Um, and, Do you agree? Uh, yeah, look, we're seeing some pretty ridiculous transactions in there. Uh, if you put on your conservative analyst valuers hat, and what we've been doing in there is looking at some of the listings and before it sells, saying to ourselves, right, what do we think that's going to sell for? Things are selling consistently for 10 and 20% more than what we thought we would value it at. So that says the market's moved. That feedback's coming from agents who are operating in neighboring suburbs. So they're operating in the and Nedlands and Floriats and those kinds of locations.
0: Is that a good thing? We've said a number of times on this podcast that the smart money moves first. Yep. And I've, I've always said the smart money starts in Cottesloe and emanates out. So if Cottesloe can't have a structural shift in prices, then, we'll then logically neither can the rest of the whole state. Yep. So if we're seeing 10 20% where the smart money is and they're moving first, yep. is that not just a good sign for the rest of perth that will really over the next couple of years we should see the same filter down yeah you'd hope
1: so the encouraging thing about this market movement is that it does seem to be going all the way down to the bottom of the market and so just to to clear up the cot factor you know it's the market in there is easy 20 to 30 percent above where it was in the middle of last year or or this time last year if you if you want to draw those comparisons and white hot in terms of multiple offers on every single property places being sold off market transactions or the first weekend they're open all of those types of scenarios that we hear when the market goes crazy massive fear of missing out in there not sure about sustainability I don't have a crystal ball but there's a massive lack of supply and a very good demand
0: is it above 2014 prices
1: Uh, so there's one sale that we've analysed in there that funnily enough was an 08 sale so let's go back to that previous peak in the the cycle really decent money for back then looking at the product and you know very good product we're talking around the 4 million mark and that is resold now now haven't been able to confirm the sale price yet which is where Mm -hmm. agents need to be a little bit cagey about information on their clients and we'll see what it sold for once it settles but uh, it looks to me like that sold for over 4 million now and it was under 4 million in the 08 of the market.
0: Yeah. And look, that's whilst well, Cottesloe, I would agree, is the hottest market in Perth right now. And there's a lot of money flowing around there from places people question where was that money a year and a half ago. I'm also seeing similar records being hit in normal suburbs as well. So I think we're getting at least back to our 2014 very quickly. But it is crazy how only six months ago we were not in this situation. And in a lot of suburbs, which we'll talk about today, I have seen, like for like, a good 20-25% rise in prices in six months. Yeah. It's so hard to justify.
1: Yep. Yeah, and that's our concern as valuers because the flick, the switch was flicked so quickly in six months where we've we've seen these blips before. We understand how they work, you know, the 2013 one and the 2014 one, and they were quite local localized, some of those peaks in the market activity. You could actually say, well, you know, I remember back then we'd talk about, say, Como and South Perth had this crazy little blip where all the stock got cleaned out really quickly and it didn't matter whether it was a villa or a single residential dwelling. Everyone came for those locations. Uh, this time around, within six months, pretty much every single suburb in Perth has gone nuts across almost all products.
0: We've been calling this, though, since the 2nd of December, 2018, I think it was. Yep. This is not just a derivative of the build-up of what we thought was a quite a prudent calling three years ago. Yeah,
1: it's really interesting to go back and have a look at... Uh, the answer that we were giving everybody, go and buy something. Uh, and we were pretty forthright on that, I thought. Yeah. Well, I
0: bought uh, in March 2019.
1: Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's really interesting in my mind watching people go to buy how they move their way through that process, how long it takes some people, how their decision making process works, how desperate they get. And I suppose if you look at that period between 2018, December 2018, and now, maybe people needed to be a little bit more desperate back in 18 and 19 mm-hmm. uh,
0: and a little bit more confident that's um, trigger shy at the end of the day because I think they're yeah. paying for it now if yeah. they in a more orderly fashion were making purchases over the last couple of years they wouldn't feel so desperate now but it is really a derivative of also the rental market yeah. what else is hot
1: yeah, so uh, flicking out from there, that, that first wave of the ripple, uh, so out into Nedlands, Dalkeith, um, round into Floriate, Churchlands, we're seeing some contracts in there that uh, are really, really intense in terms of values, uh, and they're definitively moving underlying land value upwards by, we're probably talking blocks through, say, Floriat around the one, three to one, five mark underlying land value for a decent single residential site, they're starting to look more like one sevens at the minute. So, underlying land value moving really quickly in those locations. And you can translate that over into Dalkeith and Nedlands as well. Yeah. yeah. And they're big numbers, you know, they're, they're big numbers for those locations. Yeah.
0: All right, next.
1: Uh, So the wave keeps going. So you go into Mount Hawthorne and over into Mount Lawley. Mount Hawthorne, our value in there, is saying it's definitively up by 30%. Crazy activity happening. Multiple offers on houses. Obviously, slightly different product in terms of being a lot of uh, heritage-type housing through there. Um, Different buyers. Yeah, slightly different buyers, but really intense market through there as well. Yep.
0: What about if we start emanating about 15Ks out of the city? Let's talk suburbs like... Uh, Dung Craig, like Padbury, like Hillary's, and in the south suburbs like Bull Creek, Leeming, Willerton, Riverton, these sort of areas. My perspective is they're hot. Are they slow hot? Yeah, look, I think they are. Um, and it's, it's interesting
1: that that southern, southern corridor was one of the, the places that we first heard the uh, stories from, back from agents, agents that we deal with all the time saying... Look, I've I've given up doing home opens. They're too intense. How can I say to my vendor that there's going to be a hundred people through your house on Saturday morning? You ruin the house. Yep. You need a carpet cleaner every <laughs> yeah, Sunday exactly. morning. Exactly. And just imagine being that vendor. So you you go off for a coffee and come back an hour later, and the play, It's you know it's like you've had a concert at your house or something. Yeah. Uh, so they started the the process down there through Willerton, Leeming, Bull Creek, those locations of having to be a registered buyer. Uh, getting the email to say, look, we're, this home is on the market, here's the listing, take a look at the photos online. If that is in your wheelhouse in terms of something that you're interested in, I'll create a short list of potential buyers. We'll then go through to the the inspection process with the, the top 10 or 20 people uh, and and I want to know that you're pre-qualified for finance and you can afford this and then we'll get to offers. So those markets, uh, th- that story is um, probably back from a, a kind of, um, January, maybe even December type story where, where those markets were moving really quickly. That's when we heard that that, that information.
0: You that know. I've noticed as well, yeah, the market step change really was after Christmas. I yep. think everyone has come back from Dunsborough and <laughs> realized they've got a lot more money in their We've bank account. We've got some account. good cliches going today. Yeah, we Have do. A week, I yeah. love the cliches. <laughs> Pretty much since the first week of January, the second week of January, I noticed that it's just become mental. Yep. Mental, mental, mental. And most of the agents I speak to, they don't write offers anymore. Yep. They will say, just email me, you know, well, here's a form, you know, a docusign form, what sort of thing. Email me whatever it is the number is. Yep. And the person who puts the number one uh, offer up, then they will write an offer with that person, yeah, yeah. which isn't even really legal to be honest, but yep. because it's become so burdensome in an administrative point of view for the agents, they can't write 40 offers. No. They don't have the time. Yeah, exactly. Uh, they're moving so so much stock so quickly. Yep. The days on market these days, uh, which I spoke about last week, you know, you've know, you got suburbs that are sitting at seven, eight, nine days on market on average, yeah. which yeah. means most of the good stuff selling in one, two, three days. Yep. So the issue for most agents is not finding people to buy their homes anymore, it's finding
1: listings. That's interesting to pause on in terms of watching some of the listings coming to the market. So we've been uh, mildly surprised by the idea that how long a vendor will sit on a property. Uh, so you can see that in some of the transactions in, in all of those locations that we've, we've just talked about, where... Our families just said, well, that is our main asset and we're not going to sell this thing until we see this market move again. Mm-hmm. And you know, we've got our next plan. We're going to move to an apartment or we're going to a retirement home or we're actually sitting on a deceased estate type property. But people are prepared to be really patient when it comes to those assets and wait for the market to move.
0: What's not hot? What's cold? Or what's lukewarm, I should say? Nothing's probably cold. So apartments are still lukewarm,
1: but they are just starting to move. I think in the last month or so, we've just started to see people move into them. And again, this is the the fear of missing out ripple moving on to the next product. So I'm an investor in the market. I've missed out on a single residential dwelling or development sites have become so hot. I know the rental market is overheated. I know that the return is going up. I get no money from the bank for my interest on my, my savings. So what, what's the next asset I buy? And I'm going to buy an apartment. So, so are, these,
0: are these used apartments...
1: Well, interestingly, good story back from one of our valuers that operates through the the circle around Perth, so to speak, uh, so the near city locations.
0: Rivervale, Maylands,
1: West Perth, East Perth. Yeah, East Perth, West Perth, into West Leader, all those types of locations. So what they found is that some of those developers had stock, brand new stock that might be three or four years old in complexes that they just locked the door on. Obviously, they didn't want to rent them out because then it becomes used stock. So they can still sell that stock as classified as brand new. What it looks to us has happened is the developer has waited for the value to kick above, say, four hundred thousand dollars. Right, we'll sell that one better now because we didn't want to sell them at three fifty or three seventy five or three eighty five or whatever the number was. Yeah,
0: that's really interesting. It's a, quite a unique situation. You know, I, well, a I can't remember sitting Perth having
1: assets a, a, a market like that. And I do remember us talking about the idea of having an oversupply of apartments in the past when the the stock was being built. Obviously, planning changes have made sure that we don't have an oversupply and maybe it's something that we should be wishing for when you look at subiaco and the hole in the ground over there and the the uh the concrete core of that building going up that blackburn are doing you think wow you know if that planning had been organized earlier
0: that supply would be right in the right place Mm. at the right time when the market's moving very true what about the suburbs you generally wouldn't you wouldn't be running towards you know let's throw some ones out like a a Lockridge and a Balga and Armadale, a, a Parmelia, Quinana, Leda, Camillo, all those suburbs that are usually the cheapest in Perth, they got really dumped in the last couple of years. There was stuff in Armadale that was selling for 90 grand, like family homes. I've seen some stats arbitrarily which generally isn't great information because it's off of really small amounts of numbers saying oh these suburbs have grown 30 percent," when it's pretty easy to go from 90 to 120 you know like (laughs) it's still super cheap right yeah and Um, we'll see those stats come soon i think you know um one of the interesting
1: parts about seeing the media trying to write up their their current heat is that they don't have don't seem to have any decent stats out of rewa or core logic on the median house price numbers moving very quickly. So they haven't flowed through. The other thing just to touch on quickly is that um, those under-offer sales are not settling very quickly because the banks are backlogged with applications uh, and it's taking a while to get finance approved. So where a sale might settle within a month in, in the past, it's now taking two and three months. So that's affecting the statistics flowing through into the system. Back to the South East Corridor and, and some of those sort of unloved suburbs that you just mentioned. We knew that the market was really struggling when we were doing our mortgagee and possession type valuations for some of our clients. And after three months, the value would have to go back and redo the valuation and the number would go down again. And so some of those examples in Armadale where we were hitting... 175, I remember the day that we went below 200 and we were all sitting around the office going, is this okay? Like, is it a right to a value it? for that? Yeah, you know, yeah. Let yeah. alone the land value. Yeah, and we would sit there and say, well, what's the underlying, underlying land value of this? Uh, you know, what are the improvements worth? And, and I'm not trying to be flippant here, but you, that, that type of asset value in, in a city in Australia is pretty amazing. In a very livable suburb. Uh, you know, lots of people love living in Arbidale. They, they love that southeast corridor. Byford itself is, is one of the most popular uh, estates around so yeah, it's been really interesting to watch that drop out and yeah they're all back easy by 10 20 percent
0: yeah even the suburbs that you know people haven't have been neglecting for so long have also just popped up 10 20 percent I, I use balgar as an example uh, the, the development blocks that were there you, you nearly couldn't get them away for 300 grand a year and a half ago yep now agents are brashly trying to list them for 400
1: yep yeah yeah
0: just yeah. overnight yeah. and and you, you go come on mate you're having a laugh
1: yeah and so again listeners should just be really careful about people spitballing numbers out there you know vendors are going to go and have a crack uh, and the agents are going to be more than happy to grab a listing they're, they're going to be struggling to get listings mm-hmm. so they're going to take anything and try anything on essentially so as we've always said through the down market in the up market try and do your research get some professional
0: advice I know that your job is to be risk conservative but in a market like this is it more risky to sit back and watch it because you are quite conservative and you don't really believe what's going on and i know we don't have a crystal ball or is it more risky to pay that extra little bit just to get on the ladder with the view that yes we are about to double in prices in the next four or five years yeah well because that's a huge assumption but it's one that a lot of data is pointing to in my opinion
1: yeah so i, I suppose uh, every buyer is different i would encourage everyone to sit down and and nut out their motivations why am I buying this property everyone's got a different purpose yeah. there is it
0: to make money or is it to have a home yeah
1: exactly yep. and so anyone looking to to have a home that can handle the, the, the debt um, that they is required to buy the property especially with where, where these really cheap interest rates exactly so my, my advice to friends lots of time when they're buying usually not in a market as hot as this is you know if it's another 20, 30, 50k for the place that you really want then you go and offer that if that's that's what you decide it's it's worth. Yep. Because you've obviously walked through it together. If it's a family home, the whole family have walked through it and said, this is the one we want. This is the location we want to be in. You've got 30 years to pay that extra 50k off. Now, <laughs> having yeah. said that, this is the market where you don't want to be walking in the door and offering the extra 50, 100k just because the interest rates are 2%. You, you want to make sure that you've done your servicing calculations on you know, 4%, 5 6% interest rates to make sure you're solid for the future.
0: Yeah. It is something that I grapple with at the moment a lot. And my job is to buy good pro- valued properties, especially in the development space. And my job generally is to say no yep. 99 out of 100 times. Yep. And what I'm finding is it's very, very hard to say yes right now uh, with clients' money because what we have seen, especially the information that you're talking about are a lot of owner-occupied homes. Yep. And a lot of development blocks. And these are the ones that are representing the sales that are doing very, very well. The stuff you're scratching your eyes at, right? Yep. Uh, But what we haven't seen yet move as fast, and I'll get your opinion on this, is... The unit market, the townhouse market, it's probably moved a little bit. It's probably moved 5% in my opinion, but it hasn't moved 15%, 20% in the last six months.
1: No, spot on. And so that might be an opportunity for investors to look at, might be an opportunity for first home buyers that have missed out on grants or don't want to build a house or don't want to live in a new suburb. There's still opportunities there. Uh, We don't want to get everyone rushing to that market, but... Uh, the realistic angle here is to step back from what's going on in terms of single residential properties and say, well, where does the money go to next? And in any city around the world, in particular if you look at Sydney and Melbourne, people change their idea on how they're going to live. They go, well, I can't. Live in a single residential house and have a shed out the back and all that kind of stuff.
0: The culture shifts by
1: necessity. Yeah, exactly. And so you end up with townhouse options, unit options, apartment options. And so why not go looking there whilst it's still not overheated?
0: Yeah. I think personally that the fact that 47% of Sydney's residential market is now apartments is not a reflection of people's preferences, but the shifting culture due to necessity of yeah. price point and that's yeah. all If you know, I think most people if they had a choice would probably be in a nice big single dwelling home but they just can't afford it and it's a product of the fact that prices are double yeah. and they make no more than we do
1: yeah 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 spot on and uh, their restriction on supply and so that's something that we can look at from this coast into Sydney and say well uh, Perth, over the last 50 years, has never had a restriction on supply. Our, our planning laws have said that we can just keep going north of Yanship and cutting up land and, and creating blocks. We can now. keep going to Mandra and we can keep going out to the hills. Guess what? Here we are now. We're actually at critical stage and there is some more and land out there and we've got a decent amount of supply, easy another 10, 20 years of supply out there. But we know where those boundaries are now and we know that pretty much every developer has gone and bought all of that land up and is is sitting on it for the future but it means that we get that little bit closer to that sydney market to that structural change where the options of going to buy your block of dirt in the extremities of the perth metro area and building your house will not be the option that that's there for the next generation essentially yeah does that mean we can look at sydney as our crystal ball yeah it's it's uh hard because sydney has a really hard border around it physically. Uh, so, yeah, like topographically, you mean? Yes. Yeah, exactly. And so...
0: Don't we as well with our, with our hills? Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, I, I tend to think that Perth, the, the big difference here is just the amount of density that would be available to upscale in our existing suburbs. So, there's a lot of supply within there to come into the future and that should keep a, a rain on values into the future.
0: Every and, time someone develops a family home into a triplex a or townhouses, that's one less family home available. Yeah. Right? Yep. Shortening supply again and again and again in the suburbs and, you know, slowly into the western suburbs as well. Yep. Where the major option going forward will not be the four by two, or the four by one, or the three by one on eight hundred a thousand square meters. It will yep. be a townhouse or a villa that will be the predominant asset class in property one day. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Back
1: to that original question, you say, "Well, why wouldn't I go and buy something now and 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 move to that next lifestyle,
0: it, uh, as in the near city apartment townhouse type lifestyle?" Yep. To round this out, we've talk- spoken about a lot of properties representing nearly eliminated downside risk. Yep, and a lot of blue sky. Are there any places you would suggest in Perth where you would say, you know what, I still wouldn't buy there? (laughs) Yeah, that's an interesting question. So before
1: I get answered that question, there is one category that we probably could touch on as well. And that's that lifestyle type property. Again, really hot market. So I'm thinking... Here, Southeast Corridor where you get your lifestyle type properties, some, some horse type properties, those kinds of things. Around up into the hills where places like Darlington are white hot at the minute. Even the base of the hills in Martin, we're seeing some really strong values in there. And that's that reaction that's been in the media, a lot about people going oh, gee, post-COVID, bigger block. I want to be uh, in the tree change yeah. environment. Your so,
0: Boyers, your Les Merties, your yeah. yeah,
1: and some people in those locations have always lived there and saying, you know, looking back down the plain and the beautiful view from it, they're saying, well, why isn't Gooseberry Hill going crazy? Why market? isn't this Bel Air? Why isn't this Hollywood Hills? Exactly, yeah. and so, yeah, their moment in the sun and, and the white-hot heat of the market is is with them now too, yeah. Uh, so where wouldn't we buy? I, I suppose there's no suburbs that would be bold enough to single out and say don't buy buy there because I don't want to end up uh, in King McDonald's. Where um, do you
0: think (laughs) will underperform compared to the rest of the market over the next swing? uh, I think we're both on the same page now that we have been justified in our two and a half year ago uh, Oracle views. Finally, (laughs) the rest of the market has has seen it and moved really quickly since Christmas. Uh, But there will always be Really, really, in, in markets like this where everyone's winning, there will be places that are winning massively, and places yep. that are really just hitting inflation or just above that. Yeah, where so are they? Those those
1: newer suburbs are still a concern for us because you're bringing a massive amount of supply. Although those new new houses there that are being built with grant money or have been encouraged because of grant money, uh, you clearly will have uh, 2020, 2021... 2022 built houses everywhere in those those newer suburbs, uh, and not all of them end up uh, being a fa- happy family home. You know that some of that supply will end up on the market, and there's a good chance they all end up on the market at the same time. So you're creating large supply where there may not be strong demand into the future. Yep.
0: Okay, I would rationalise that by saying that I think the growth in values in these suburbs comes purely from credit uh, loosening. That as credit has loosened. 20 30 percent we will see those suburbs probably just rise artificially by 20 or 30 percent yeah uh, but the inherent value based on the demand versus supply relationship is probably never going to grow in that time frame but we will still see nominally prices grow but yep. the second that the interest rates increase again those values start dropping again because the the serviceability of people in that area start dropping as well yep. we yeah we haven't so you seen back a to fundamental for- basis yep. of increase in value yep. So that's where the I agree, the risk is there as well, where we're going to see naysayers say, oh, no, price is rising. It's because the credit is so cheap. That's the only reason. Yeah, yeah. And they'll be the first to drop as well when the interest rates start going up, unfortunately. Yeah, spot on. Yep. And I I guess that is a perfect example of proving that to finish off is a suburb like Wembley Downs. Even in the drop over the last five years, has actually not dropped in value once. Yep based on a very tight demand versus supply situation.
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so solid locational fundamentals, good stock, good product, a variation in product too, or a variety of product there in terms of uh, subdivided lots and original family homes and, and good loca- local facilities and, and infrastructure around it.
0: Yeah. Brendos, thank you very much, mate. It's been very fun. Hopefully there's some
1: ideas there for people. Uh, Yeah.
0: I think the idea is if you stick within urban infill areas, uh, you stick within the first 20Ks of the city, whether you're buying a development block, an owner-occupier block, or even townhouses and things like that, all of it's probably, in my opinion, going to go up at different rates. Yeah. Just... Based on the cheap credit, but also the crazy demand supply situation, both the rental market and the buying market. Uh, If you are thinking about getting on the wave, I would suggest you get on that wave, Uh, but make sure you're doing it with good quality stock in areas that aren't the worst houses, the shitty blocks, the slope. Still try and stick to those fundamentals we always have. Yeah. Yeah. Good advice. Cheers, Trent. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Perth Property Show.